Chad Prather rose to internet fandom as the man who's unapologetically Southern. Keith Oaks is a published author who failed his way to success. Together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only a Southern Spitfire and a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with Chad Prather and Heath Oaks. Hey everybody, it's Chad Prather. Welcome to another episode of Second Shot. I'm that guy that rose to internet fandom. That means I am basically unemployed, but I'm real popular. Hey, and I'm sitting next to the millennial mogul himself, Mr. Heath Oaks. I'm so, I love that name. Like, whoever made that up, Chris and Zach, y'all are geniuses. It is. I'll, I'll a, take that it, gives, it gives me way too much credit, but it's really that's pretty catchy. It is seriously a book title. It needs to be written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it Wordsmith. Needs, it yeah. really needs to be written. What's mm. up, buddy? Not much. Just chilling. You no, know, another day in paradise. <sighs> Sitting here with producer Zach and Kristen. How hey. are you guys? Hello. Doing always, good. I always doing thought right, paradise yeah. would feel better than this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's so bad. Come on now. No, it's not the company. Oh. It's just it's just my age. I don't know. I'm just being grumpy today. <laughs> Well, you can't be too grumpy, though. Well, there's nothing a little money wouldn't fix. I yeah, mean, you that's know. that's true. Hey, speaking of that, <laughs> Ain't that the truth. a little bit of money, Zach, Zach get, give us this, this headline. Yeah, Warren Buffett. Oh, and I guess before we get into it, we kind of need to say, yes. what we do here is we take headlines and we kind of play these to your business and your personal life. So right. sometimes we don't get directly into the headlines themselves, but we use that as way that caught us to try to help you in any way we can. We want to try to bring humor to the inspirational world of, of things, so... If you like it, share it with your friends. In our third segment, we'll take listener emails, secondshotcast at gmail.com, questions, comments, or anything, mm-hmm. and we'll address them in, in uh, that one. So, so read us off this headline, Zach. Yes, Warren Buffett nears a milestone he doesn't want, $100 billion in cash. <laughs> wait, wait, is that with a B? He doesn't want it? <laughs> a B. A capital B. It's actually lowercase here, but a capital B, billion. I want you to get your head so why is it? Read, read us a little number. bit. So 100 $100 billion. Right. So if so the Dallas Cowboys are worth three point five billion. If yeah. he paid three point five billion dollars for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. it would be less than five percent of his liquid yeah. cash. Yeah. Like buying the Cowboys would be like us going to the gas station and buying a candy a soda. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, less than that. That's amazing. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Shh. Anyway. That crazy. is crazy. Berkshire Hathaway inc- Incorporated, the conglomerate mm-hmm. he's run for more than five decades, reported Friday that it held just shy of $100 billion in cash at the end of the second quarter. It's not even the end of the year, and they're at $100 billion. Good Lord. I'm Did going to look Now, up. that's cash. That's not even the, obviously, how much he's worth, because the companies are worth probably a lot more. Than that. That's just his cash. Mm-hmm. Right. But why is it something he doesn't want? Uh, Buffett 86 addressed the, the mounting cash pile at Berkshire's annual meeting in May, saying he hadn't put his quote, foot to the floor on an acquisition for a while and shouldn't keep so much money earning next to nothing for long periods. The war chest includes some cash-like securities such as treasuries. Man. Man. Give how, me much one money's, how much money's too much? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. you got to be coming up on it. I mean, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, when you when you when you can buy the Dallas Cowboys and it's like us going to buy a Coke yeah. at the store, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. I don't want it. I don't want that much money. I you do. don't need it. You I can't do, do anything. I, do, with I mean, what are you going to do with yeah. it? I mean, that's stress. I don't want it. I don't want a billion dollars. You know how much I would love to take five billion dollars and just like rebuild a complete town or something that's in dem- like like i can figure out a lot of ways to give that back in theory but 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 my thing is how many lives could you potentially ruin that's true by doing that see that's yeah. that's always been the philosophical debate that i've had let's say you know i've had times all the time where i've said you know over the years boy i'd love to be able to take give everybody in my family a million dollars each 
but that might kill them. Because not everybody can handle you just giving them or taking care of them or doing that. I mean, it's the, it's that lottery thing we've talked about. Mm-hmm. A long, if you haven't earned it, you never know. That might be the best thing in the world. No. Could you do a lot of good? No question about it. But I just, man, we were talking before the show. I, I was telling Kristen, I said, you don't know who you could trust. You don't know who your friends are, who can you confide in, you know. Well, I, and, and my thinking is this. Who do you tell your I'm not going to be any different. I'm not going to be different. I'm not going to be any different than who I am. And I do believe that right. that um, that that God gives to those that He believes can handle them. Can and, handle and, it. And I would believe that. I mean, like if back in the history, you know, your Vanderbilts and your Rockefellers and all them, the big titans that really created, you know, J.P. Morgan right. and all them. Um, it was funny because they battled each other all for 30, 40 years in business, taking each other's business. And then at the end of the life, they battled on who could give the most away. And a lot of people think Vanderbilt College is some, but they don't right. understand after Vanderbilt who created right. our whole, you know, transportation system with trains and everything. You know, like, so these things I think would be fun. Like, like I, I have a lot of dreams of wanting to create a, a lot of things of giving back to kids mm-hmm. in some way in leadership ways and in the underprivileged. And, and so... I would want to figure out ways of doing that. That's what would be fun for me. I, I believe yeah. that would be a blast. But that would be a lot of money. It's a lot to of money. spend a hundred billion dollars. So, billion dollars. And Kristen, and, and she made the comment about. She said, "Well, at what point do you? Is it too much? Because what do you value at that point yeah. in life?" Now, my theory is Warren Buffett. At the end of this month, on the thirtieth of August. He will be 87 years old. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about some guy that's jet-setting all over the world. On, he knows a lot. I think the guy probably takes a lot of joy in being right, yeah. in educating, in gaining knowledge, and sharing that knowledge because he has been an investor's tool for a long time. He still has his regular house in Omaha, Nebraska. He's exactly. Had forever. Exactly. So I. So there's there's something that I think you can get so much money that that you've accumulated but you can't get so much knowledge i think you continue it, no matter how old you get you can still grow in that way and there's some joy to be derived from that but when you go back to that question too it's not about the money to him yeah okay it's not at all mm-hmm. it's his inner why the uh, it, a great book to go get is simon sinek and i always say his last name wrong no it's you got it s-i-n-e-c-k that's how i say simon I sinek know. Start with why. If you want a book to read that is phenomenal, get Start With Why. And what he talks about is finding the inner why, like your why behind it. Like Warren Buffett's why is not to make $100 billion. Warren Buffett's why is the challenge of beating the market, of doing the the business aspect of creating, taking companies and getting them better. That's his why. That's That's what he loves. So. So Kristen goes, it's not about the money. He doesn't care about the money. The money's not, the money is that byproduct. But he set out for other things. The challenge is, of his intelligence to grow and be better. Mm-hmm. And I think that it starts with you've got to figure out your why. Whatever that why is, you know, I don't I don't believe in the whole, oh, just do your passion, it works. I mean, find your why and then what can make your why work. Right. See, I don't think anybody listening to this podcast right now is ever going to be worth a hundred billion dollars. Yeah. There's just not going to I'm going to be worth a hundred billion. I'm, I'm yeah, with you, I'm shooting for I want you to be. I'm going to shoot for the stars. I want you to be because I, I mean, then you could just blow a couple million out your nose yep. and I'll take that and be fine with it. I'll, I'll give just, you I'll give you a billion. Yeah, least. exactly. <laughs> I, you're such a, you're just good to me. Yeah, You're I so know, good man. to me. But <laughs> I, I got an IOU for one billion dollars, Chad <laughs> when I'm worth a hundred billion. Well, see, that's my theory on Warren. So what Warren needs to do if he doesn't want to have a hundred billion dollars he just stops at 95 gets everybody and gives everybody in this room one billion and we, we've solved problem solved I agree. but you know he has this momentum going he'll never stop making money at this point but it's not money to him it's not money it's, it's not the money. challenge it's just a number i mean it's not even there's nothing that's it we don't he doesn't think of money the way we do 
so yeah. I mean, because you left doing what you did to doing what you are now because your why. Yeah. That you know what what driv what drove yeah. you and what your inner why is is what keeps you going. That's why asking the question of what's too much money doesn't matter to the people who have a why yeah. that's different than it. You know, I can have all the money in the world, but if my why is not being satisfied, right. I'm not being fulfilled, it doesn't matter. Right. And I'll never do anything different. So I stepped into nothing yep. financially. I stepped into nothing. I walked away from a good financial situation mm-hmm. into absolute zero in order to pursue what my inner passion was. But the reason is you finally listened. How long yeah. had that uh, calling been on long. you? Yeah, how long. long would it have been on you? Been on you forever and you yeah. never took the leap. Yeah. But you knew that that was what your why. That's when people say, well, I need to find my passion or my why. You know what it is. You've had those inner things. Yeah. The difference between entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are the people who take that first step. That's like right. that, That's it. There's no different. There's so many people with great ideas and great business deals. They just never take the step. They're scared yeah. to take the step. Like that taking that one little move and that risk is what stops everybody. Yeah. You knew it was there. You knew the nag was there, and you finally took the step, mm-hmm. and it all worked out. I have people. It all wasn't the time. easy, but it worked. Yeah, people all the time would say, "Well, I'd really like to do X," but the, the real question is, I don't know how to monetize X. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to make money doing that. You didn't at first either. No, exactly. But you will never know how to do it until yep. you step out and pursue it. And I promise you, if you do that things will start to fall into line. All Ignorance right. on fire over knowledge on ice. That's right. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know all of the steps. Just step out. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back to the second segment of Second Shot for Heath Oaks. I'm Chad Prather. Hang on. We'll be right back. He likes cowboy hats and boots. And he's a suit and tie kind of guy. Chad Prather and Heath Oaks host more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. Hey everybody, it's Chad here. And if you know anything about me, you know that I read a lot of books, at least three to four a week. And there's one that I've read several times. It's by my buddy, Heath Oaks. It's called Ignorance on Fire, Failing Your Way to Success. If you want to have your life changed in your business, in your relationships, in the way you look at the world of success, you need to pick up Ignorance on Fire. Go to Amazon.com, buy the book, leave a review. I promise you, you're going to love it. Go get it today. Ignorance on Fire by Heath Oaks, Failing Your Way to Success. Ready, aim, fire. Second Shot is back for another round on the Real News Communications Network. Just based on what we were talking about off air, this segment, we might, 10 minutes might not be long enough for the stuff that we have to say about this next headline (laughs) because there's a lot of lessons to be learned in this thing. Uh, Zach, read this thing. We won't we won't get too morbid with it, but it, there's, this is an interesting story. Yes. Uh, corrosion caused state fair accident. Uh, employees at the Ohio State Fair last month said that a particular ride failed because of excessive corrosion on a support beam that caused a, quote, catastrophic failure. Yeah. Now, and, and what does it say down there? It talks about the metal beam and how long did the corrosion been building or whatever. What did it say? Yes. Uh, to be the, the ride the ride that failed was 18 years old. Corrosion mm-hmm. of the support beam dangerously reduced the beam's water thickness over the years this finally led to a catastrophic failure of the ride during operation yeah and then the ride passed inspections on july the 26th oh sure only to malfunction hours later yeah mm. now we say the support beam we're well, talking about big metal beams mm-hmm. right so this couldn't have been a little bit of corrosion right. that that i feel like the inspectors went by and saw like some rust and corrosion and thought ah, oh, no big deal don't realize how much that how much it weakens yeah. you know the strength of that metal of a little bit of corrosion sounds yeah. like bad inspectors <laughs> mm. 
Well, bad inspectors and somebody that just starts taking things for granted. I mean, yeah. you start taking things for granted because, well, it's never failed before. I mean, this is years and years. We've, it, we, You know, check it off the list. All right, we're done. Let's move on to the next thing. How many times do people have the attitude? Now, there are a lot of flippant statements we could make, and, and this, there, this did involve a loss of life. We won't get into the details on that. Our heart goes out to the family and stuff like that, so we don't want to make light of that. But it is a significant issue on so many levels because how many times do we do that? Do we just take for granted the next thing and we say, ah, you know, that's going to be fine and we'll move on to the next deal. I was walking through uh, a farmer's market years ago and I was looking at all these peaches and apples and all these different things, you know, farmer's markets, they're selling all of this produce and there was a sign out there that said, today's spot is tomorrow's rot. And it was a sign to the people working in the farmer's market that said, if you see a spot on a piece of fruit, you got to throw it away because tomorrow it's going to be it's going to be rotten. You don't want this. So how many times do we take for granted the spots that are revealing something that is a bigger underlying issue later on, but we we just ignore it and neglect it and assume "Eh, it'll take care of itself? Well, and also how many times do we think? We see something or hear something, but yet we were in such a habit mode that we just kind of overlooked it. Here's a great test. And, Zach, I want you to follow me here because you're about the only one I think that can do it in here. All right. Um, but <laughs> yeah, how long have you wore you? How long have you? Don't look at your watch. How long have you had your watch? This watch? Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple years now. Everybody that's got their watch on listening, uh, tell me, without looking at your watch, what is the making your number? Is it numbers, Roman numerals? Is it dots? What is it on your watch? Put me on the spot. Uh, it's, do- it's numbers. It's numbers? Okay. Yeah. Um, and... What um, are they? Black, white, gold? What are they? Silver. Uh, silver. Silver. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, which is there any other unique features on your watch you can think of? Uh, not in particular. Okay. So now look at your watch. Tell me. Uh huh. Okay. So you were right here. Now, ninety um, percent of all the people could not do that. Could not even tell you what it is. However, uh, we look at our watch over thirty thousand plus times a year. Mm-hmm. But yet, most people like me, whenever I heard that the first time, I sure. could I couldn't say what was on. My watch, I, I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I've had the watch for six years. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting about that is we look at it every day. However, you still can't even tell me what, what no. that is most of the time. You're missing yeah. what's right in front of you. You're missing what is right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And right. because we have a checklist, we go by instead of actually doing the test. Yeah. Yeah. We get lazy. Mm-hmm. We really get lazy. We don't pay attention go to detail. Go through the motions. It's the little details. Life is made up of the little things. And it's not just a flippant cliche catchphrase, but it really is... And we miss those. You know, I know with my kids, I have said certain off-the-cuff things to them that I thought was funny, and I have to be careful with it because, you know, I, I've got some kids that my, some of my, a couple of my kids are pretty sensitive to things. I mean, they, they, they're not, you know, they just, some things, they, they find they're sensitive to certain things, you know, and you don't know it. And I found out, you know, a week later that I'd hurt their feelings with something that I said, and I was like, oh, well, I didn't, I was just playing with you. I was just joking. I didn't mean what I said. They're little things. You never know what little things influence life because the little things left unnoticed and left unattended will become big things, and they create tragedy. Well, and I think you go back, when, when the corrosion started on that beam, it was a little bitty speck. And mm-hmm. at that point in time, if somebody was said, we need to address this and handle this, it would have taken probably a little bit of a grinder to grind it off, mm-hmm. prep it, you reseal it, the whole nine yards and wouldn't have went ever anywhere. Yeah. But it ended up turning to this huge manifestation that ended up weakening the entire metal beam yeah. that it broke, right? Think about it with like in, in mold and bread and stuff. If like you have a little piece of bread that has a little bitty piece of mold on the end, you can just tear off that little piece of mold and everything else is fine yeah. on the bread, right? Yeah. 
if you left that there within a day or two it's going to be completely covered with mold and it grows so in life you're going to have these situations whether it is with people that you uh, in personal relationships that somebody has said or done something that that has nagged at you right it's that Mm -hmm. little piece of mold on the corner of the bread and you don't ever address it with them because you don't want to overcome it and what it ends up turning into is a massive molded up bread or weakens the entire beam of something And then it blows up into something that none of you can figure out why it got there. Now, you're mad about everything they do or say. If they looked at you the wrong way, now you're mad. When it all goes back to what that yeah. original piece of little corrosion was, that if you would have just handled it then, it wouldn't get to where it is. Because now you're going to be all out of whack. Now you're going to be thinking so irrational. You're going to be irrational about everything. But you got to address it. You've got The hardest thing to do is, is going to somebody with your issues that you have, that, that maybe they did something to you mm-hmm. or whatever. Look. I always say you can never hold, you can never be mad at somebody for something they did to you if you've never addressed it with them. Right. You, you see can't it happen it. in relationships Every all time. the time. People build up resentment, right. you know, about an argument they had five years ago or five days ago or whatever. And it just keeps building and yeah. building because they never sit down and talk about it and resolve it. And in so all relationships. over time, they just, you know, it grows into this big elephant in the then room. Then they're fighting about things that are not the real issue. So mm-hmm. they're, right. what I always call in sales, you're real objections versus smokescreen objections, right? You're fighting about things that aren't the real objection mm-hmm. because it goes back to that one little piece of corrosion that if you would have taken the little bitty grinder and just prepped that and took care of it a long time ago. But how can you be mad at somebody? How can you, how can you sit there and be angry with somebody if you've never called them out on it or dressed it to them or did anything? You can't. you got to yeah. look at yourself. You've got to be the one right. to handle it, right? If something bothers you that I do or say, Chad, and you never come to me and let me know, how can I be you held accountable? Know. You won't know. If you never told me. Right. And so you've got to be the man or woman enough to go up and address those issues. Not emotional, not out of rate. Just bring it up. Yeah. Tell them they did. Whether or not they do anything to make it better or worse, at least that one little issue is done. Well, that's why. And, and I want to make this confession, Kristen, about that one time you looked at me funny. And I just <laughs> yeah. did. I've, it's sad in my. I mean, I think that was April. That was last April. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just I want to. I just want us to get past that moment. I really do. I appreciate you. Bringing <laughs> you that you're, up, you're very welcome. Now we can move forward. The elephant is out of the room. <laughs> uh, you know, I. I'm on social media so much, and I and I see these weird trends that are happening in the world today. This is going to sound highly critical of me, but I don't care. I just don't trust people anymore. I don't mm-hmm. trust their them to pay attention or to think through certain complex issues or even the simple things. When we talk about focusing on the little things or taking care of the nuts and bolts of life, I just don't trust people to do it anymore. I, I and it's and it's become it's almost become because of the things I'm seeing an epidemic. And we deal with headlines. I read some of the dumbest stuff on the planet that people have done (laughs) because they just haven't dealt with the little fine-tuned details of life. They just gloss over it and move on. People are living at a macro level looking down on life, and that's not how you live it. Life is in the details. It really is. And, and if you're not really good at the details, you got to make sure you have somebody around you that is. Like me, for instance, if it wasn't for having a lawyer to handle my business stuff, yeah. I'd be screwed because I'm not the guy who pays attention to details. Exactly. On that level of it, right? There's yeah. all kinds of the aspects. But, I mean, you, you go back to it. You can't – we can't let – I think in today's world we end up being in fights in personal or business that we think we're fighting over something, that what, whatever the topic is, but we're really yeah. not. It goes back to that little piece of mold that was on the edge of yeah. the bread that you could have picked off a long time ago. <laughs> but yet at this point, it's so thick of layers mm-hmm. that you, it's going to take forever to get back to it. So you've got to go back to that original point. And I think that if we all just started when, when an issue came up, 
or a family member said something that offended us or or said something to make us mad, if we just address it in a non-emotional way yeah. and bring it up to them and a co-worker or whatever and don't let it manifest into something that grows because you end up finding things to be mad at people about. Yeah. Like every word and everything they say, you read into it. And I think, you know, a little piece of corrosion 18 years ago yeah. took a whole metal beam and made it when, when that's like, I mean, that takes a lot. So yeah. you, you don't want it to ruin your life and let it turn into that. Don't let today's spot become tomorrow's rot. Okay. I we're like that. Take I like a that. quick break, and we're going to come right back to our favorite segment. That's the third one right here on Second Shot. Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Second Shot with Chad and Heath still to come. To all of my friends in the great state of Texas, if you would like to cut your power bill in half tomorrow, go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code WATCHCHAD. I will tell you that I have saved over 65% on my first year using energyogre.com. They do all the work for you, and they save you money at the same time so you never have to worry about it again. Again, go to energyogre.com, promo code WATCHCHAD, and save some money. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot with Chad and Heath on RNCN. I uh, I hope you're telling your friends about Second Shot. If you're enjoying this podcast and you like it, and hopefully that uh, you're going and leaving a review and telling us that you like it, we need all that stuff. And we're, we're needy people. We're well, needy. and when I think uh, I hope uh, people understand, you know, we've gotten a couple good um, like some messages on Facebook. I've gotten some people tell me that. There's been things that have, that have absolutely helped them or helped friends they've had yeah. um, with situations they were going through to kind of pick them up. And that's what this thing's for, guys. I mean, just for y'all know, I'm, we pay for this. We don't even make money on this. Like, right. like it's not even like it's even um, – We not only do we not make money, we pay to have this done. So right. we're giving this, this material because this is kind of a, another way of giving back in, in a sense that we have – I think it – Honestly, it's almost kind of selfishly because I almost get more revived when I do the episode, you yeah. know, with you, Chad. And then in return, the obviously the hopes is that it can help somebody somewhere. That the way that we can explain things that we in the inspirational, motivational type world, there are like two types really. Mm-hmm. There's that holler and scream at you and you suck at life, you mm. gotta get better type people. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other way that's like such a a structured, laid out, kind of boring way. There, but there was yeah. really not a way that can that can bring out some real points and and also have more humor in it. And mm-hmm. and so, I'm more. I will go down the path of the holler and scream. It, like like, come on, you got to eat the preacher in me. I guess right. you know. And Chad is more got got a lot of the humor and and with it as well. That together we kind of get to get that balance. And we hope that it's. Um, doing what we kind of set yeah. out to do, and, and we've been getting some confirmations from people that, that it's helped. So I want to tell you all thank you. And that secondshotcast at gmail.com is where you can send the email, secondshotcast at gmail.com. Send us an email, comments, questions, anything you want to know, and share this with your friends and yeah. share this with your family. Write us a review. The more reviews that are left on iTunes stuff, the more that this podcast comes up to the top. But we appreciate all the feedback we've gotten so far. And that the was third one heck of an altar call right there. I yeah. like it. The third segment is when we do take your mm-hmm. emails, try to address them and whatnot. So I guess I'll turn it over to Kristen to, to read our emails. Yeah, so we got a, a little bit of fan mail um, from a lady by the name of Miranda. And she said, Heath, I really love what you said about the being late issues. I'm a single mom, and I can get my kid to school and get to work early every day. Uh, so I really agree with you on that. She also 
talked about how uh, we were discussing the O.J. Simpson trial. She said, honestly, I don't care about O.J., but I do care <laughs> about the judging others and letting go. Um, she told a story about how she had some things happen in her personal life that caused her to hold on to anger for many, many years. And when she was finally able to let go of that anger, letting go was the best decision she ever made. And now she's writing a book about it and speaking on her Come story. On. Uh, ah. So she was really inspired by that. That Where's go Miranda from? Uh, she did not say. Oh, does not say. say. Does her, her her signature not have an address or anything? Have no, no idea. No. no, don't know. Well, well, Miranda. Great. First Good of all, news. being a single parent, I have a whole new, and I'm sure Kristen does too. I can't imagine being a single parent. Oh no. I mean, I have so much more of a respect for a single parent now. Yes. Like it's not that I ever disrespected them. I just never realized you never know how you tough know it is till you're in it, it right? Yeah. yeah. Like I can't imagine being a single dad. All the single dads or single moms out there, I commend you when and, and again Miranda's correct. If she's a single mom that can get up and be early, you have no excuses because that is right. intense. Mm-hmm. There's no way I can possibly imagine. So Miranda, I give you mad props for that. Absolutely. And I give you mad props for letting go of your anger so that it didn't hold you back anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you didn't find any wisdom in what I said, Miranda. I appreciate that. <laughs> Heath is he's he's a smart guy. <laughs> he's a smart cookie, that Heath. Yeah. But we love your letters. Send yes, us more. Absolutely. Secondshotcast at Proud gmail dot com. Yeah, write that book, girl. Do do the speaking. You Zach? ask a question. Did Zach, did you have something? Because Did y'all did y'all have a question? I was gonna bring up something that you oh, brought gosh, up. Right. Ask the question you asked before the deal about these things right here. Oh, so we were having kind of a little side conversation before the segment started talking about being plugged in. And uh, Zach asked Chad Uh. if he's able to kind of let go on vacation or if he feels an obligation to kind of be connected and stay plugged in. And I asked Heath how he felt about that. And so I guess, uh, Chad, you can kind of share what you said about it. I don't take vacations. I I work eight days a week. I uh, no, just kidding. I I it, to me it's agony. If if I, if I'm having to unplug myself, there I have to work to unplug because I'm so tied to social media and I'm so tied to the emails and, and the notifications and the things that come in. Now I'm not saying that's a good thing. A lot of it is an unhealthy. It's an unhealthy impulse on my part because I'm a little bit OCD. And that creates kind of a controlling complex that I have to make sure that things are getting taken care of. I can't stand having stuff that's out there. And so that's hard. Yeah. But, but my, my question yeah. to you when you said that was then like, do you enjoy having, you know, or do you feel a burden of having to? I feel a burden. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel a burden. I probably should see a therapist about that. But I do <laughs> feel a, I feel a burden because it's hard for me just to let it go. And it's always been the case. Uh, I don't know if that's my extroversion. I don't know if that's just how I am wired. But if you're communicating with me, I want to be in tune with what's being communicated. So part of that, you just have to let it go. I have people all the time who say, you have got to stop responding to as many messages as you respond to. Just let it go. Yeah. Just let it go. Mm. And I'm, I'm working on it. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. It sounds like you lose your freedom. I mean, I I can go on vacation and not look at my cell phone for five days and not care. Yeah, the the phone is the phone is. um, I'll tell you two things. Well, first of all, the phone has is is in many ways a leash. You know, you can't get off of. But for me, psychologically, where a lot of that comes from is because I know what it's like to not have anything coming your way. 
and you're struggling, grinding, trying to make a career and trying to build something, and and then all of a sudden you have a level of success, and you're you're going, boy, I remember what it was like to be hungry. I don't ever want to take for granted what it means to be successful, and so you want to make sure. But hey, you know, either it lives or it dies. But what's you fun- can't be that way. I mean, you can't you can't make something live if it's going to die. And mm-hmm. what's funny is is when you asked me about it, and I, I was like, you know, I, I can unplug from mine and whatever. But then we talked about how. I've reached some level of success. I'm not where I want to be, and you, and you have as well, but yet we, we've done it two totally different ways. Yours right. is built on you and what you do. Mine is built on other people yeah. um, of teaching them and growing it. It's not me doing that aspect. And it goes back to this book that I just read. It's called Built for Growth by John Daner and Chris Coon. And what they talked about, they bring up here is four personality types of successful entrepreneurs, okay? They break it down to four, and they go, look, here's the thing. There's not one way of doing it. It's not one type of person you need to be to mm-hmm. be successful. There's four different types, and they're all – They've got tons of stories in there of exact same amount of successes. There's just four ways of doing it. Um, and, and Chad here is different than me on this. He's a driver to, to a T, a mm-hmm. uh, Steve Jobs. Okay, so there's the driver, the explorer, the crusader, and the captain. So the, the uh, driver is relentless, commercially focused on highly confident. The driver is almost fixated on the product, service, believes next big thing. At the same time, yep. drivers have difficulty sharing the wheel with the team and can run into trouble when market mm-hmm. shift, right? And me, I'm more of a, of, of a captain. And so it is uh, it, it's pragmatic, team building, and direct. The captain is more focused on we than me, generating a team culture and environment of res, uh, reciprocity. Yeah, there you go. I love it. And collaboration are the primary drivers of captains. Unlike the three counterparts, captains are more comfortable changing direction based on consensus among their colleagues. And while a builder's personality is integrated to be the best builders, right? Then there's the crusader, which is mission-inspired, and the explorer, which is inspired by taking a system and fixing mm-hmm. it, right? And so it's so funny, and, it, and it's that you don't have to be one of, you know, there, there's no wrong way of, of kind of getting to your success. It's just knowing, you know, like yeah. Chad is self-aware that mm-hmm. that's something he's not the happiest about, that he absolutely loves, but yet... That's he's self-aware of most people can't even be self-aware of anything like me personally I know mine as well mm-hmm. and so I love how they break it out in this book mm-hmm. Built for Growth at the four different personality types and just knowing who you are knowing who to surround yourself by when you need a co-founder or you need somebody to help partner with you take it to right. the next level you right. need to find the different type of, of driver you know it all right. Well, hey, we're out of time, folks, but as always, we've had fun, and golly, we're just passionate about a lot of stuff, aren't we? <laughs> we're rolling today. <laughs> hey, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, listening in, subscribing, tell your friends, leave us a good review, and uh, you can find me at WatchChad. You can find me at WatchChad.com and, of course, PoliticalCowboy.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at WatchChadHeath. You know, secondshotcast at gmail.com. Send us some questions, comments, whatever it is. Share this with your friends. Leave a review. Look me up at Heath Oaks or Ignorance on Fire. We love y'all. Have a great time. Thank you. We'll see you next time.